Yeah. Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity, Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon in the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on this cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you got me. Now look at that jockey, homie. Fuck that. Black D. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. I said, didn't I tell your punk ass boy he couldn't handle no goddamn cook? Are you listening when I tell the faggot he couldn't handle it? Now I'm telling your short ass he can't handle no goddamn milk cook. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio, I'm your host, J-Cat Morris. Um, man, uh, I- I'm doing this show for a few reasons, and primarily I definitely wanted to cover my challenge to Teddy Hart. And this is, uh, I guess we're just going to get to this right off the fucking jump, because this is this is my reason for this. Um, now, understand that... You know, I'll just preface everything as if nobody knows either situation. I'm um, an animal lover, which that comes before anything else in my life. I've worked at an animal shelter for now 18 years. I have become an absolute expert at what I do. And I did that through, you know, blood, sweat and tears, um, literally on every single one of those things. And I regularly shed all of those things. For what I love, um, I 
I've continuously tamed, well, to, to go back when I started working with animals. Um, well, you know, when I went in there, I, you know, over the years, I had so many different things where I was never good at, I was never, I wouldn't say I was ever a good employee anywhere. I'd done landscaping. I'd worked at ShopRite. I'd, uh, ShopRite was like a couple months. I guess we'll go off on like a bunch of little side tangents. So the ShopRite thing, right? Worked at ShopRite in Carteret. Uh, it was the middle of the fucking summer. I rode my bike there every day. And, um, yeah, it was probably a couple miles. So, um, apparently they had somewhat of a cycle where like they let you get almost on union there. And then they just recycle people and they just kick everybody out the door for the most part. Uh, they keep a couple here and there, but for the most part, they just let everybody go because there was such a demand for employment out there that they could just keep hiring people and a few months later getting rid of them, starting new ones and stuff like that. And again, not to say that I was some stellar employee that should have been held on to to begin with, but, you know, um, I had later heard that that was kind of the deal there. Um, so I, uh, I, I worked in the produce section and... Um, it was like, you know, just rotating fucking fruit and vegetables and, you know, taking the bad stuff out and putting new stuff out and wrapping watermelons in the back. Like, you know, they'd cut the watermelons. You had to, like, plastic wrap them and then put the little label on it and shit and throwing boxes in the compact. That was, like, the whole fucking job. So I had, I was, like like, a week away from, like, hitting Union or whatever, something like that. And I go to punch in, like, the number doesn't work. <laughs> and there's, like, a code you put in. And it's like, no, 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 like, uh, I still see the manager. And I'm just like, oh, I guess something's up. And uh, this fucking guy gave me this talk and said some shit like, uh, uh, produce isn't for everyone. And I just, like, I couldn't help it. Like, I knew I was being fired, but in the same token, like, I had to laugh at this guy because it was just like, dude, don't tell me produce isn't for everyone like it's some people's calling <laughs> you know what i mean like i was like all right i was more pissed the fact that i had to ride my bike all the way there to be told that you could have called me i would have never left the house that day you know what i mean but uh i would just stayed at home and smoked weed like i was doing anyway and uh instead i had to ride my bike there to be told that produce isn't for everyone which still the, the line still makes me laugh to this day it's fantastic um so, you know, stuff like that. Um, and then I, you know, I was doing landscaping. I did um, fucking UPS. I did, um, uh, what the fuck have I done? Um, I, I actually worked at this shelter for about six months back in 95. Um, it gave me a kind of feeling, but I've also done, like, I worked at the video store for a couple of years. Um couple other things but um so um but when I worked there for about six months in 95 I was just a floater at the time I wasn't working with cats I was just kind of doing whatever was needed and stuff uh, at the time they still had their elephant and uh in 95 we had that big snowstorm and uh I had to help like get the elephant out again it wasn't like you know my task or you know, anything like that. But it was like, you know, me and six other people who worked there more regularly than I did. 
and you know something i'll never forget because it's like yeah the sky hasn't been out in three days we have to shovel like three days worth of elephant shit and uh which is an ungodly smell if you've never smelled like up close and personal and like a lot of elephant shit and um and then we're outside just like taunting this elephant so he would come out into the snow because you know not a lot of snow in africa so they're not really up to that type of shit um so anyway, like, you know, stuff like that stuck out to me. And, and just in general, working with the animals, it just felt a whole different feeling. And I was an asshole kid back then, and I, I didn't have any value on job or paycheck or any kind of thing. But I guess it resonated enough with me over the years where um, I was in between jobs. Well, you know, I was done with the video store I had worked at for two years, and I just, like said, hey, you know what, let's go up to the zoo, and uh, we went up there, because my, my job's a zoo slash shelter, I'm pretty sure you got that by the elephant story, but, um, and I was just like, yeah, you know, let me just apply here, you know, it was something I always liked, I went in there, and apparently they were hiring, uh, hired me right on the spot, he asked me, the manager asked me at the time, do you like cats, absolutely, uh, okay, yeah, well, we got this this cat area, whatever. And I've been in that area ever since, 18 years later. When I started there, it was like, I mean, it's pretty continuously a, a good group of people who don't belong there. And you get waves of different people who do belong there and good people. And, you know, you, you keep some, you lose some. More times than not, you lose some. Because in the animal field, it, it's really not a financially stable environment. So you don't really get rewarded in that aspect for, you know, what you do. Now, I, um, you know, I, I started to get like, it's kind of, it was just baptism by fire because I, I'd start and it was just like, I don't like the way that this other dude, he had no experience with animals despite being there a year and a half, two years. And he goes, I, I don't like the way this cat's looking at me. Come get this cat. And, and I'm like, uh, oh, okay. Well, shit. Uh, I, you know, I, I had cats my whole life, um, pretty much. And I just, I had no experience with handling strange cats. That was a brand new thing to me. So I would have to just kind of go in with that. And as I got comfortable there, I started to realize pretty quick these guys' lives were in my hands. If I can get the cat that nobody could handle, nobody could trust to come around, suddenly his name didn't wind up on lists, you know, the put the sleep list. And in the past, there were a lot more of those things, and there were decisions that had to be made on a regular basis. And the overpopulation in shelters across America, it really, it comes down to, and I'm sure all over the world, but clearly I'm dealing with New Jersey. Um, it's, it's astronomical. The amount of animals that die in shelters is just appalling. And, and it comes back to the breeders. It comes back to the people who just let their fucking cat get knocked up. It, it comes back to the one that, oh my... My dog had puppies with my friend's dog and, you know, like stupid shit like that. While animals are in shelters just looking out of cages, waiting for someone to hopefully show up and hopefully call their fucking number. And, you know, you'll get a situation where, oh, you know, I mean, I, I have 
right now in the shelter, I have um, one group of cats that came from a hoarding house. There was 38 cats in that house. We got 19 into our shelter. What do you think that does to a population in a shelter based off that one person's bad decisions? Another group of cats, it was only eight, but that's still eight cats all at once coming into a shelter. I mean, these are all things that I've had to balance and manage over the years. I have to figure out day in, day out, where's this one going to go? Where's that one going to go? And I'm the one that answers all the questions. You know, when, when there's seemingly no answer for space, I know how to shift things around and I know how to make things work. And I know what's up next. Like every single thing I'll be like, okay, well, I know I got this cat going to roaming on Wednesday because we have two roaming areas and cats are tested for feline AIDS, leukemia, and all of that stuff and stool sampled before they go out to the roaming areas. So I'll know like different candidates that I have for these roaming areas. The cat's got to be able to get along in there, got to be able to um, thrive in there because if they get too skittish and detached, well, then you're not going to be able to present that cat to an adopter, a potential adopter, and and send it into a home. So um, as crazy as it sounds, a lot of cats are better off in cages because if you work one-on-one with them, you can make continuous progress. And then when they're being shown to a customer, they're easily presentable, where in the roaming area, they may detach. You know, there's food, water, litter box there. They don't really need to come in contact with you if they don't want to. So if you work one-on-one with cats and cats really benefit from the scenario of a cage. Um, again, it, I know it sounds crazy to, you know, outsiders, but in a shelter environment, um, they really thrive in that, that situation. Um, there's cats that are completely stressed out by it. Believe me. And I, you know, this is what I work through, but if you put like the smallest little box in the middle of your kitchen, your big giant cat is going to try to fit in that little box. So cats have a level of comfort with a very small amount of space. So where you go like, oh, this this sucks. This cat lives in a cage. The cat looks up from his nap like, what, what now? You know, like they can make that their home. Uh, dogs are more likely to go cage crazy and things of that nature. But cats can really kind of make a small space their home and make it part of their routine. Um, obviously, it's my goal to get them all into actual homes because that's what they all deserve. But... Um, so just to give you a little bit of overview of, of what I've dealt with over the years. Um, but um, I have countless times and I could any, any given time you walk into my job, I could point around and tell you stories about each one of these cats, um, which ones wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for me standing there. Um, the, the exact scenario on which this cat wouldn't be here because this was said and that was done and I stuck up for it and I said no and I took it back to my space and you know next thing you know um you know I, I've had countless cats that were labeled feral labeled unadoptable labeled nasty like these these were all things written on the paperwork by different you know um people within the organization and I defied the odds on all those things and I got emails I, I you know from the people who have adopted them and I have pictures and emails are saying, this is my best friend in the world. Thank you so much for what you do. I can't imagine life without this cat. And this is this very same cat that another person said, this isn't adoptable. This isn't a friendly cat. No one, you know, no one would take this home. There's no reason we should keep this cat alive. And I gave, I gave them reasons why this cat should be. And I proved those things right. And again, I could show you the fucking emails of 
the cats that are in homes and that were completely counted out. I don't give up on my cats. And it means the world to them. It's, it's everything. It's everything to them. You know, the, a lot of people within the animal field and shelters and stuff, they'll say things um, like, um, you can't save them all. Well, while that's a very true statement, um, if you get accustomed to that and you get complacent with you can't save them all and then you start writing animals off because you go, well, you can't save them all. To me, that's that's the wrong approach to take, but it's a very common one because the easiest option is usually to give up. You know, it's always to give up. I mean, that's in any any different um, genre or any topic you're talking about, whether it be, you know, working out. Ah, the easiest thing to do is just fucking stay home and not do it. Um, the easiest thing to do in most scenarios is to just not apply yourself. And, you know, it doesn't show the results, but that's that's the easiest thing to do. Um, but my answer to you can't say them all, right, but you can try every single time and not waver in that. Because every every single success you get is is the biggest win for that specific animal you're ever going to get. So again, you know, when we go through this stuff and the overpopulation and the never ending battle, because it's just, it's never going to end. Every spring, summer is kitten season. Every winter is like peak adoption season. And, um, it's just, it's just the way it goes. And, that that doesn't end, but that's contributed to by people who breed cats. That's contributed to people who ignorantly care for their animals and don't don't put any emphasis on on the important things as far as going the right direction with your animal, taking care of them, making sure you don't create more of a problem than your you know than your um rather than taking care of the animal. You're creating more problems and and more homelessness and more this and more that and it happens regularly. Um, I don't believe that that um, well. First off, cats don't belong outside. They just don't. There's two things that are completely inexcusable to me as far as cat ownership, and that's um, letting your cat outside and declawing. If you let your cat outside, you're rolling the dice with their health, and if you don't think that that's a fact, then you're just not smart and, and you shouldn't own a cat because you're not smart enough to know that you're just rolling the dice. They could get hit by a car. They could get attacked by another cat with feline AIDS and get feline AIDS or leukemia. They can, they can eat something poisonous, you know, uh, eating mice and birds and stuff out there, carry, carry parasites. So now they got parasites and shit like this. They can get sick out there. They could get lost. There's people who don't like cats that'll hurt cats. There's predators out there, hawks that can carry off a 13-pound animal, owls, um, foxes, you know, uh, coyotes, depending on where you live. You know, there are things of all sorts that can hurt your cat. And if you really, really love your cat, why would you roll those dice? Because I hear the excuses all the time. You know, oh. I, I, someone must have stole my cat. Like a, whoa, out of your living room? No, I, it never leaves the yard. So clearly, someone must have stole. Okay, clearly you don't know how a cat works. Um, 
nothing kept them in the yard other than them. So when they saw something attractive and it carried them out of the yard, then that's that's part of it. Um, it's just crazy. Um, this past year, Leo um, got out. Um, someone was careless and, and let him slip by at night when they were going uh, out the back door. And Leo got out. I had to call out of work the next day. And I spent like six hours searching and searching and my nerves just like racing. Like, I, I can't believe that my cat is gone. Like my three-year-old cat, I, I, there's no way this is the last time I've seen this cat. Like, I, I, I can't, can't imagine this being the end. And I searched and searched and searched and finally, finally fucking found him. Um, actually a couple yards over and, um, I ended up having to climb under the people's house and get him back. And it was like, it, it was like the most stressful thing ever. So I can't imagine letting a cat out the front door and just going, well, hopefully I'll see you later, bud. <laughs> you know, maybe not. I mean, that's how life works. I can't imagine like people wouldn't do that shit with their dog. And if, I mean, if they do, they're trash too, but like, let the dog out the front yard and just go to work. Just be like, hopefully I'll see you later, man. I don't know. But it's become such commonplace. So I think if, you know, uh, if all the feral cats out there, there was a, an actual task to go out there and fix all the feral cats that are out there, they can no longer reproduce. So then the only way to introduce more cats into the wild is for shitheads to let their unneutered, unspayed females, unneutered males out there to just continue to, to feed this homeless um, population. And then the declawing, I mean, you're cutting the fingers off at the first knuckle. I don't give a fuck about your couch. Eat shit. If you don't like your fucking, if you like your couch more than you like a cat, then don't get a fucking cat. There's a million other options on what you could do with your life. But, you know, I I don't need to hear how your couch is so fucking important that you should lop the fucking fingers off at the first knuckle and be like, well, I've always done it. My cat's fine. My cat's spoiled. You're an asshole. So, um... Go cut your fucking mother's fingers off and then tell her, like, she's fine. At least she doesn't claw at the fucking stuff anymore. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, You don't lop any part of an animal off in order to make it easier for you. Um, Yeah, I know, like, the neutering and all of that stuff, that's not the same thing. Uh, That's not a a discussion I'm willing to have because there's a million health benefits to fixing your animal as well as the overpopulation that we need to, you know, cut down on. Anyway. So, um, those are like the main, main things as far as cats go for me, but obviously there's a lot more things that go into the care and there's obviously neglect, abuse and and things of those nature that pops right the fuck out for me. Now, you know, this is, this is my life. This is six days a week for the past 18 years. And on the seventh day, I'm fucking texting people at work saying, you know, how's this one doing? How's that one doing? You know, what, okay, tomorrow we're going to do this and we're going to, you know, really, really invested. So when you have a shithead like Teddy Hart, I know it took me a long way to get back to there, but you know, what do you guys got to do? You're, I mean, here we are, you know? Um, so when you get a shithead like Teddy Hart and suddenly this guy becomes labeled the cat guy. Now, look, I mean, I hope that there's more cat people like me. I'm not competing. I'm the only cat guy, any, any kind of crazy shit like that. I hope there's fucking uh, so many more people like me that take care of cats and really are interested in their, in their best interest and, and take, you know, consider these animals, their family. 
when you get a shithead like Teddy Hart and he's getting this label as the cat guy and then you see him on shoot interviews talking about I've made more money off of cats than I've ever made in wrestling and he's blowing weed smoke in the cat's face on the video and he's throwing them in the air at wrestling shows he's bringing them out to packed wrestling shows and, and and the crowd's going fucking crazy. The cats have run off into the crowd. The cats are sitting out there looking sedated. And I'm telling people over and over and over, this is horrendous. This is terrible. It's boiling my fucking blood to see this. Teddy Hart has continuously used these cats as a gimmick, as an accessory. That's all it is. That's all it is, is an accessory. And it becomes a, a an extra an extra attraction, a part of his little gimmick. And it's disgusting to me because again, cats were never a gimmick to me. You can look at me, you can look at my stripes, and you can look at my, um, you know, my middle name. That's legitimately my middle name, um, and everything it is. But when it comes down to my actual respect for cats. You understand, like, I go through a day at work, and I do everything I'm doing, and I, um, you know, I, I'm there for eight hours, I, I'm fighting for these cats, I'm taking care of them, I'm cleaning up, I'm trying to get them homes, I'm doing what I do, I'm going to the gym, I'm busting my ass, I'm exerting all sorts of energy, I'm doing everything, and when I get home, I, you know, I have my kids, and what I also have is cats, that you know, get up from their nap and they stretch and they strut over to me, you know, happy to see me, and and thankful that I'm home. And hey, look, you know, and that that to me is what what cats should be. They should be, you know, something at home. They should be your family. They shouldn't be fucking accessories to drag around in public for attention. And that's what he's doing. Teddy Hart. If you can't see that Teddy Hart's an attention whore, and every single thing he does is for attention, then you're just not smart, and I'm not even looking to have a conversation with you. You're an asshole. So this is what it is. And and when cats are everything they are to me on such a regular, it's my life. So when you turn that into some asshole's gimmick. Some just accessories, some, you know, it's just a flashing light to look at me, look at what I'm doing over here with this thing. And your random person doesn't know the difference. They just see him with a cat and go, oh, wow, I love cats. But if you're as invested as I am, you can see all the small things. You can see all the things that jump out real bold and, and out in the open to me that strike me as fucking terrible and the opposite of someone who loves cats and um you know the breeding the cats again you know i've had to put persians to sleep in my shelter that looked just like the original mr money who just like fucking he just went missing like that girl that that teddy was dating because he was mr money mr money he was a beige persian i don't know if anybody remembers this because when he brought the white cat out, people were still chanting Mr. Money because they didn't even know the fucking color of the cat changed. You know? It was a beige Persian. 
and he just just went away. I don't know if it's ever been mentioned on any of these shithead videos. I've watched all of them. I think I think I'm sure a few that he did just this recently the other day or yesterday today whatever. But uh, I, I don't remember hearing any talk about where that cat ever went. But it's irrelevant because again, if this guy this cat was a family member, this cat was. Now, on one hand, Teddy's saying, oh, these, these cats are, are trained performers. On second hand, he's going, ah, I breed cats, and I make tons of money off of them. And on the third hand, he's going, they're emotional support animals, and I can't live without them in my presence. Which is it, Teddy? Because none of those things fucking uh, go hand in hand at all. None of them. So he's just an asshole. He's a fucking bullshit artist, and and I'm not buying it. I'm not fucking buying it. So when people are cheering cheering for that and fucking facilitating that, and your fucking uh, your Pinky Sanchez's and all these assholes are out there fucking, no, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Fuck you, J Cat. You know you're fucking dude. This is this is my life. This isn't some bullshit I'm dabbling in and taking a random guess at. I'm pretty fucking well knowledge on this, and you know. Open invitation to anybody out there who ever has any cat questions, wants advice on anything, because I, I, I will go out of my fucking way to help you. Like, yeah, I'm just legitimate. I, I, I have nothing to gain from it other than knowing that a cat was better cared for. There's no shame in it. I don't, I don't look down on people that aren't doing things to the best of their abilities because they don't know any different. But when someone's claiming to know everything, and then me who knows things looks at it and goes, oh, fuck, this guy's feeding his fucking Persian cats that he's breeding, his unneutered fucking Persian cats, meow mix, which is full of extra sugars, all those colors, they're not really chicken and vegetables, and the red is beef, and the yellow is chicken, and it's, it's all extra sugars, it's like Lucky Charms, it's made to attract stupid humans, and go, look at all the colors, that's a lot of different stuff I'm feeding my cat, no, you're feeding it all trash, it's all fucking trash, um, side note, did you know Skittles are all the same fucking flavor, I, I didn't believe that either, but it's apparently a legitimate thing, now, you know, they have the different, like, the different other flavors, like sour Skittles and tropical Skittles, but, like, regular Skittles, y- you talk yourself into them being different flavors, but they're actually all the same flavor. I-, I fucking found that out. Someone told me, I think Mary Jean told me, and then I uh, looked it up, and apparently that's fucking true. It's fucking shocking. But uh, same same deal with the fucking shitty cat food. Um, and the thing is, is with the extra sugars you immediately run a bigger chance of blocking your male cat, especially male cats, blocking your male cat's urinary tract, which you'll create crystals. And if they get a blockage, if you don't go and pay, you know, $1,000 for a surgery to get the urinary tract rerouted and pretty much turn your male into a female in order for them to pass these crystals you've created, you'll just lose your cat. Your cat will die. So that's that's basically what he's risking. And the risk of that happening with an unneutered male goes through the fucking roof. Like, it's it's a way higher chance. So this asshole who's running around flaunting, oh, I got money and this and that. Here's my pile of money. I have money fucking suits. I wear suits with fucking money all over it. You can't afford cat food for your cats. You don't understand. Like, I had a silver Persian. Um, she was turned into the shelter for trying to maul the groomer. And, um, she had an old lady owned her and she was, she was no joke. I called her a six pound assassin. She was a tiny little silver Persian, 
but she she would fuck you up. Um, and I shed a lot of blood just getting her trust in the shelter. And, and initially, she only liked me. And if after a while, if I was in the room, she'd tolerate whoever. But on my day off, she was shredding people. People called her fuck you kitty because you just had to walk by the cage and she'd kiss. And it was like like she was telling you fuck you as soon as you saw her. Um, so um, that was Juliet. And um, she passed a few years ago. But um, she... Uh, she was in the shelter for a year. And then I finally said, you know what? I, I, I'm going to have to be the one to take this cat home because you know, she's not going to tolerate anybody else. She's probably going to get returned for fucking slashing somebody. You know, if she goes home with somebody and they're not going to handle that shit or a kid's going to reach for him or who, who knows, you know? So I took Juliet home. You understand that? Like I ended up feeding Juliet, um, Royal Canaan food that's specifically formulated for Persians. It's even shaped different for their flat faces. It's it has like an almond shape, so it's easier for them to eat. That's that's what I did for my Persian cat while he feeds them fucking trash and films it. Like he's also so stupid that he can't even hide the parts of his cat care that are blatantly fucking neglectful. Because he's so fucking stupid, and you fans are so fucking stupid, that he doesn't give a fuck. He's throwing it in the air, blowing weed smoke at it, and you guys are going, he loves cats, and I love cats. You're a fucking dickhead. That, that's what it comes down to, is you're just a dickhead. You should have been aborted. That, that, that's, what, you know, that's what it comes down to. How could you be anti-abortion when there's motherfuckers like Teddy Hart and the people clapping for him? When he's abusing animals in front of him, and they're like, I like animals too. It's like, I, do you not see that this isn't good? You know, I, I know that like once you're when you're a really small child and you go to the circus because you like animals, you're not realizing the fucking torture that these animals live through. But when you're a fucking adult and you're going to talk shit to other adults on the Internet and pretend like you're some kind of fucking tough guy, at least know what you're backing, you know, because like you try to tell people, oh, you don't know this, you don't know that. But like, well, you're defending clear fucking abuse and neglect and shit care and going you like maria she gets on this video and she's turned to the persian and and she's like the cat looks so clean the cat looks so clean i've never seen him this clean okay you've been doing these videos for a month you've never seen him look this clean so the motherfucker bathes the cat once in a fucking month's time and i'm supposed to go like oh well i was wrong and then he's like oh guys i uh I, I don't I don't wash the eyes because he gets upset because his ears is hurt because the vet hacked half his ear off. First off, he got an ear infection because you didn't pay attention to that. You're not cleaning your cat's ears amongst many of things you're not doing. So when you're not cleaning the ears and it turns into an infection and then he shakes his head trying to get the fucking infection, the itch and the pain going on in the side of his fucking head, and, and it creates a hematoma, which is blood that, that builds up in the ear. It fills up like a balloon. And then when that blood drains, either on its own, it crinkles massively, which Maria's one cat already has that, which is bizarre to me that she wouldn't even know what the fuck it is because she has a cat with it. Um, Maybe it happened before she got the cat. I don't know. But... He, and then he goes, oh, the vid hacked half the ear off. No, it, it crinkled. It's like you take a napkin and see how it's got like all four corners and it's big squared. Now, now squish it in your hand. And if you look at it and go, someone hacked off the rest of this napkin, then you're again 
fucking stupid. They didn't hack anything off. But that's what happens. You don't get to just go back to having full perfect ears once you have a hematoma. That's that's not what happens. So, just more ignorance, you know, from the from the cat guy, Teddy Hart. And I'm just I'm not I'm not entertained. I'm not entertained at all. And, and you know, Maria gets in front of the camera when when she's talking all that yeah and like this and that. And look at this cat. This cat's spoiled. People say we don't care. Shut the fuck up. Come on, man. First off, Maria, like th- this chick was all about her dog, all about her cats, nonstop fucking Instagram, fucking Snapchat, fucking stories, love the dog, love the dog, love the dog, love the dog, oh, here's Teddy, bye dog, and just fucking leaves, and and she hires a pet sitter to pretty much take care of this dog full time, she stops back, and Teddy and her are all pissed off, like, oh, calm down, dog, dog hasn't fucking seen you in a month. Oh, God forbid the dog's fucking super excited to see the fucking person who couldn't live a second without the dog and then suddenly didn't give a fuck about the dog because Teddy came along. Suddenly didn't give a fuck about the cats because the fucking Teddy came along and he's got his own fucking cats. And on top of that, when Teddy was fucking there with the cat, uh, with, with her cats in her place and he's talking his shit, he says, oh, her cat's retarded. Like, I don't know why she would even buy that cat. Like, it's just a regular cat. Okay, again, you're fucking insulting me as a cat person. She's a pretty cat. She's got the crinkled ear because she had a hematoma at some point or another. Like your cat. But also, there's nothing wrong with this cat. To be honest with you, I don't think she likes the other cats that much. I, I don't think she really likes the fucking untrained fucking super hyper pit bull that's being neglected you know that suddenly got thrown like a bull in a china shop into her fucking house because it was just her and maria and then maria added another cat and then maria added the dog and she went from being all about the cat to all about the dog so she got thrown to the fucking back burner and and like teddy's like oh this cat isn't even good enough it's like why would she even buy that cat So again, you're talking cat rescue, but you already don't have value in cats that don't live up to your fucking standards. I take cats that are fucking covered in piss, missing fur with fucking rotten fucking teeth, and I get them fucking dentals, I clean their fur up, I take good care of them, and with some fucking TLC, the next thing you know, they look like a fucking show cat. I could show you pictures of a cat milkshake who came out of that that thing. And he was drenched in piss. He was yell. His fur was yellow. He looked depressed. He was underweight. All of that. This guy is pure fucking white and sitting in a home with his brother right now. And th- that's that's what my work does. That's what what I put work into. And this motherfucker looks down at a cat that doesn't doesn't you know isn't a purebred or isn't up to whatever fucking Teddy Hart standard is. It's disgusting to me. And the, the, the part where he absolutely fucking crossed the line and there's no turning back, and this is what makes me want to beat his fucking ass, is when he started talking about, I'm going to open my own cat rescue. I'm going to have an animal shelter. You know, we should just, instead of when you donate money to an animal shelter 
and they still kill the cat. It doesn't make any sense because I gave you my money. Why are you killing the cat? I don't know if you know this, Teddy, but money doesn't create space to continue to house an endless amount of homeless cats that never stop coming into shelters because dickheads like you continue to breed them because we've put Siamese to sleep. We've put Persians to sleep. We've put any kind of breed of dog, not because we're even, we're not a high kill shelter at all. But when you're at the mercy of shelters who only have so much ability to help things, we can do everything we can do, but the flow never stops. And your time is limited, and there's high-kill shelters all over the fucking country. And some of these shelters are only holding animals for seven days, and on the eighth day, they're dead. It doesn't matter if they were in a home owned by somebody the week before. That's all the time they have. They don't have the ability to house these animals. They're out of space. Every cage is full. Where do they go? What do you do? You know, I've seen situations. Back years ago, we had a horrible, horrible situation where it was continuous. Every fucking week, carriers were stacked to the ceiling in the in the kitchen area, and I'd have to, I'd have to pick cats that had to go to fit those cats in the cages. And the next week, I had to do it again because they kept coming. And there's nothing you could do to stop them. You don't have fosters. You don't have fucking answers. You don't have adopters. You don't have fucking anything. The rescues are full. The shelters are full. Everybody's fucking full. And there's no answers. So the outsiders don't understand what shelters have to go through. You go to any populated city and you go find their fucking shelters and they need fucking help. And you don't get it. And you think you could drop money. And you don't even drop money. You don't fucking have money, Teddy. You're feeding your cat shit cat food. You don't have fucking money. When you had to spend $500 on your cat because you neglected it and then it needed a fucking surgery to hack half its ear off, which isn't what happened, you fucking bitched about it and someone fucking sent you money or, or, or offered to send you money to pay for it. Mr. Fucking, I made more money off of cats than I have in wrestling is all bent out of shape that he had to pay fucking money to fix the fucking cat's ear. While he sat in the fucking vet's office and shamed other people for putting their cats in carries. Well, I guess your cat's not trained. That's a shame. You should train it. Dude, you should kill yourself. You really should. Um, Hypothetically speaking, of course. Because if he does, I don't want to catch the fucking blame for that happening. Because, you know. Um, it's the last fucking thing I need. Um, so when he perpetrates this fucking animal sheltered thing and he goes, oh, build fences and take all the cats. And then what stupid asshole? They're going to live outside in fucking fences. Like what, what the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck are you even talking about? Yeah. You're in fucking buildings looking for fucking MMA, uh, Krav Maga fucking 
studios and you want to open some kind of thing there and start training people, you're not out there looking for fucking shelters. You're not looking out there looking for buildings to house animals. You're not looking for staff. You're not looking for fucking anything that actually involves animals. And you're already taking donations for your cat shelter. It doesn't take a fucking genius to figure out that you can, under animal rescue, file for um, uh, tax-free um, nonprofit um, laws, and, and you could benefit from those things. That, that doesn't mean you're going to do the right things with it, and I, I am positive you're not. But the fact that you're taking money for some kind of cat shelter or this or that with no steps in that direction, with no knowledge of any of that, just talking out of your fucking ass while people like me seven fucking days a week are involved and invested in this because I work six and like I said, I'm on the fucking phone back and forth making sure everything's good at the fucking shelter every single fucking day of the week. So I'm fucking offended. I'm real fucking offended. So for that reason, I decided, let me put out a fucking challenge. Because look, if it wasn't for the animal stuff, I'd wear Teddy and Maria fucking t-shirts. Because this fucking train wreck clown show is hilarious to me. But the animal stuff really hits a fucking nerve. So I decided, you know what, let me put this challenge out. And I said, you know what, and I thought about it. I thought about it a lot, and as soon as this, this thought hit my brain, I said, you know what? And just a side note, because um, Wrestling Soup covered this um, yesterday or the other day. I, I'm not sure what day it is. And uh, thank you very much, guys, for, for covering this and talking about it. And um, hopefully it gets, you know, some kind of traction. And, you know, people just harass him, too. Just give this motherfucker a headache about it. Um, But just to clarify a couple things. um. I love Mish and Joey. Mish said, um, Mish said that I'm an emotional talker, but I also speak from the cuff. And I just want to clarify that, you know, just look, you know, obviously no heat or anything like that. Love these dudes. Uh, Mish has helped me tremendously over the years. And, uh, yeah, as he said, we've had some ups and downs and everything like that, but I'm a different guy than I, than I used to be. So as far as me being an emotional talker and speaking off the cuff, that's all 100% true. I just don't want that to be misconstrued as that I say things quickly without thinking. Because that's that's very far from the truth. Which, again, he didn't say that, but if that's the direction we're leaning in, I just want to make it very clear that I'm very well thought out. I, you know, I may say things just as I think of them and this and that, but ever since I've been sober for fucking six years, I haven't been sorry about a single thing that I've said I haven't wished that I hadn't said anything I've ever said in this time of sobriety before that absolutely fucking absolutely I I used to go on my fucking Facebook messenger the next morning go what the fuck did I say what did I start shit I just go off the fucking cliff and I just didn't stop and stop you know but I just want to you know just just make that very clear that like I'm not just like spouting off and then like oh Jay 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 just talks off the cuff I, you know, understand that, like, I, I mean what I say, I say what I mean, and I mean business, you know what I mean? So, uh, 
so, it, you know, when I thought about this, it it just started rapid fire, just attacking my brain where like I'm at work and I'm thinking and thinking and it started to make more and more and more sense to me. Now, I'm also not delusional. I don't think there's a chance in the world that he ever accepts this. But I want him to be called into question. I want at the very least this guy to be considered the coward that he is. Because he's walking around talking about the fastest hands and I've never been knocked out and all that bullshit. Like, I, I'll stretch this motherfucker. I have no question in my fucking mind. So, so here's the thing. I, I put it out there that I've had enough of this dude. Uh, I'd like to fucking challenge this dude to a boxing match. Give six months for promotion, six months for training, you know, total six months. Um, and, uh, you know, that's negotiable. If he says, I want seven months, but I want at least six months. Because I got to be straight up honest with you. I have no formal boxing training. I have no formal boxing training. I can fight, but I don't, I don't have any formal boxing training. One of the many things that he bragged about in um, Rolling Stone magazine when he sat next to his then-girlfriend, Sam Fiddler, who's now missing, um, is he said uh, that he had he had boxing awards as, as a kid, which, I, you know, I don't know. This dude talks out his ass all the time, so I don't know if there's any legitimacy to that or not. But I'm not, I'm not trying to get – I'm not trying to go in blind or half-cocked or – or any kind of shit, I would be, my side of things would be completely legit and prepared 100%. So again, I would go and I'd hire a boxing trainer and I would train like a motherfucking savage for six months. And, and, and make no fucking mistake about it. I don't give a fuck if this dude spent 10 years of his childhood boxing. I'm, I'm fucking not losing. There's not a chance I'm losing to this fucking clown. My dedication, my drive, my intensity is too fucking high. It's just too high. Um, so that, that's my thought, all right? So, but the thing is, is there's enough people that don't fucking like me. And this is why, to me, this would be a Northeast thing. This would be a Jersey thing for the most part. Jersey, I mean, I'm a Jersey guy. Let's just keep it in Jersey. It could be Philly or whatever, but you know, how many times these Jersey companies hopped over to fucking Philly, couldn't fill the arena. Let's keep it Jersey. We can get a thousand people plus in Jersey. You know? But the thing is, is like, answer my fucking challenge, accept my fucking challenge because I'm calling you a fucking clown. I'm calling you a fucking bozo. I'm calling you an absolute fucking fool. For every single thing you stand for, everything you try to hold your fucking self on a pedestal, you try to put yourself up there like you're something, you're a fucking fraud. You're a clown. You're a fucking chandelier. Like that fucking thing around your neck. You're a fucking Teletubby. That's all you are. And the thing is, is, yay, you you do whatever the fuck you want with the money. Because if you win... You could take that proceeds and you could fucking put it into your cat shelter that doesn't exist. And then you could file, um, you could file for the, the, the tax-free deductions and, you know, and the, the nonprofit organization situation and all that shit. And you just bank it and, and run another fucking corrupt animal organization. There's been many and many of them over the years. There's many people that have benefited over, over animal suffering. And you wouldn't be the first or the last. So you go ahead and do that. And you show up with your cat. Fuel my motherfucking fire, please. And and look, I there's countless fucking people who want to see me knock the fuck out. I'll add a couple more before this fucking show's over. 
But, you know, there, there, there are so many fucking people that don't like me. That I, the way that I talk and how I'm fucking straight up with shit. So I know there's enough people, like, call it what you want. Teddy Hart's got a way, way bigger name than mine. I'm not, I'm not even saying anything in that realm. But as far as the Northeast independent wrestling scene, my name carries some fucking weight. People fucking love to hate me. People hate to fucking hear that I have an opinion on something they were part of. Because they know it's going to be brutal and fucking honest while everybody else on these fucking podcasts are sucking guys' dicks. Oh, this is great. And this is also great. And this is great. And I'm going to talk to the guy about how great it was. And I'm just going to fucking tell you how I feel. I don't shit on things to shit on things. But, uh, you know, in, in recent years, I've found way more fucking negative towards all of the things in this independent wrestling bullshit than I do positives. So as long as I'm still covering it, motherfuckers are going to hate to hear it. But they don't have a lot of arguments for it either because so much of it is fucking just legitimate truth, whether they like to hear it or not. Um, you know, people just want to stop hearing that Necro Butcher punched a woman in the face relentlessly. But that's a fact. That's that's not that's not made up. You know? People people want to stop hearing about the drug addicts that still exist in wrestling that are a shell of their former self. But that's not because they're not drug addicts. It's because they, they hate to hear about that shit. It kills their buzz. It, it knocks them down from just enjoying the show and watching these guys and pretending like they don't see it. And I'll talk about some other things that kind of link into the, the fandom and all of that shit in a little bit. But I want to stay on this. You know, but this this is what it is, man. I have no question about it. There'd probably be just as many people rooting against me as there would be rooting against Teddy. And Teddy Hart in a boxing match draws a bunch of people either way. He's got the fastest hands. He's never been knocked out. Okay, well then good. Take my fucking money then. Because we're going to put fucking a thousand people in the building. I've seen shittier shows draw a fucking thousand people. This is a big name fucking thing as far as his name goes. And as far as I'm known well enough for people to want to see some shit happen to me. So, and and I'm a good handful of people that will support me too. And, And again, we do this fucking thing. And the winner gets to donate the money to their charity of choice. Their animal charity of choice. And it's just going right to my fucking job. You know? You you get, you know, on the low end, $20 a fucking ticket. I mean, surely you could charge more for front row and all that type of shit. We get a fucking thousand people there. You're talking 20000 fucking dollars. And you add concessions and all that shit to it. You're talking even more than that. Even if half of it went into everything, like on the, into the overhead, to drop fucking $10,000 at my fucking job to fucking help animals... I got I got a beautiful fucking cat that needs fucking uh, luxating patella surgery. His both of his knees fucking pop out. His knees are like fucking golf balls on both sides, and he walks like a fucking cowboy that just got off his horse. We're gonna get him this surgery, but this is the type of thing that donations do for animals at my job. What they do in Teddy's imaginary fucking shelter, I don't know, but we won't get to find out because I'll knock him the clear the fuck out. But again, step up because I'm testing your fucking manhood. I'm testing your fucking everything you say you are. 
step up because I call you an animal abuser, because I say you don't know shit about cats, you're terrible for every fucking animal you encounter, and step up for that, that reason. And then again, you're the baddest motherfucker out there, so you fucking show up, you take the fucking money, you walk away, and then, then you do your thing. Now, on the, uh, on the, the other thing, you know, I said PED testing, and I'll tell you why. I understand he went on the video, but this is part of the fucking challenge. As far as the internet says, he's 39 years old, maybe 40 years old. I'm 41. Um, Teddy says at his age, your testosterone goes down and you can't train hard and you can't get, you can't do things physically without, uh, you know, doctor prescribed fucking testosterone and this and that, that at the moment he's not even doing. Well, okay, I, I, I'm doing everything without any of that. I got, you know, between 7 and 8% body fat, 41 years old. I'm, I'm running fucking obstacle, obstacle course races, excuse me, obstacle course races, fucking training, doing my fucking thing, pushing a lot more weight than a guy my size because I don't know what the pictures make me look like, but I'm like 165, 170 pounds, seven, seven to 8% body fat, depending on, you know, the week and the amount of cookies I'm smashing. Um, but yeah, like that, that, that's where I'm at. So if I'm going to bust my fucking ass, get a boxing trainer and this and that, and then this guy is just going to step up a fucking steroid routine. I, I don't fully doubt me winning, but I'm also not trying to have one guy take a fucking easy road, walk in there, look like Brian Cage, and I'm going to fucking walk in there just putting hard work in and, and fucking, you know, be it even near even or near competitive. Cause that's just not fair. You know what I mean? Like, Again, like, I, I I hear you guys. I hear you. Like, I'll probably kick his fucking ass anyway. I'll tell you straight up, because his fucking lungs are absolute trash. This dude smokes blunts all day, every day, non-fucking-stop. And um, my cardio would be through the fucking roof. This dude blows up off of one half-ass set while Maria does the rest of the fucking workout, and he sits there and tries to cut bullshit promos and rhyme at the fucking camera. So I, I have no question about it. I'll I'll outwin that motherfucker all day. And again, I got fucking asthma. Yeah, you know I mean, but I've pushed myself to be better and better and better and and run fucking obstacle course races and finish in pretty fucking good good times in the middle of the summer in ninety eight degree heat and all this. So I'm not I'm not beyond the challenge. This is what I'm saying. Like I, I this isn't just like, you know, cakewalk shit for me in life at forty one years old being in the shape that I'm in. This isn't just like a gift from fucking God. I was a fucking skinny kid that can never gain any weight, can never gain any muscle, can never gain any anything. And I just fucking turned my shit up. I focused and I turned my fucking shit up and I earned where the fuck I'm at. So we're going to go into this with two fucking 40, 41 year old dudes and fucking train straight up and come into this motherfucker. I don't give a fuck if you do coke or whatever the fuck else. I'm saying, like, you can't come in here, juice the fuck up. Fucking veins bulging out of your fucking neck and shit. And I'm supposed to box Mark McGuire now. You know what I mean? Like, this dude has legitimately said that, that 
fucking uh, Brian Cage is the most fucking beautiful man in wrestling or, or uh, has the best body in all of wrestling. And then he goes, oh, I can't say the word no uh, fag. No, dude, you avoided saying homo to say fag. Like, I don't. <laughs> okay. So, um, but yeah, that that's the reason I said the no, uh, the PED testing and shit like that. Because I just don't want some fucking easy road to his training. I want him to show up looking exactly the fuck he, he looks right now. Fresh off the fucking treadmill, bedazzling a fucking hat. I want him to bedazzle his way all the way down to the fucking ring. And I'll knock his motherfucking ass out. That, that, I mean, and again, he can train as fucking hard as he wants. I don't give a fuck. But Teddy has been handed everything his whole fucking life. If he's involved with some shit like this, his fucking uncle's Bret Hart, his fucking daddy's been fucking shelling out fucking money his whole life. This guy could get a fucking world famous trainer. He can get all sorts of shit. I'm just some asshole from Jersey working six days a week, not making a lot of fucking money. And I, and I would fucking pay out to get a fucking boxing trainer to invest in this shit to do with the fuck, because I, I, I want to put this fucking guy uh, flat. I, I want to lay him the fuck out. And there's no question about that. I would fucking do it. I am a 100% fucking serious. And um, again, I don't expect him to have the balls. You know, again, He's another guy. Oh, I have the biggest balls in the world. Really? Step up to some shit like this then. Something that's completely uncontrolled. Because even when the homicide shit got a little rough for him, he started no-showing every booking that booked that fucking match. Because that shit got a little too real within the realms of wrestling. Zandig threw him on the fucking tax strip thing. His daddy called Zandig and yelled at him for doing that to his son. Teddy Hart is a bitch-made fucking daddy's boy that's what he is he's a fucking clown he runs around talking a lot of shit none of it's fucking legit none of it anyone who buys it is a fucking clown like he is so that's why i laid it out the way i laid it out um you know because i i just want to take the thing 100 percent serious i want to go into it with some kind of fucking uh legitimacy to it I'm controlling the entire fucking thing as far as I'm concerned. I'm not stepping into anything controlled by some Brett Lauderdale type operation. I'm not dealing with fucking independent wrestling bullshit because, again, I don't like anything about it. So I'm not going to start dealing with carny behavior. There's people that will fund this this specific thing, you know, to happen. They'll, they'll hear the same sales pitch that I'm putting out there and go, you know what? Yeah, I mean, I'll fucking run out of building i'll do this and yeah, whatever it's it's fucking doable providing teddy hart obviously is it that's that's the big fucking x factor but what can i do um let me see um so i i think that's the teddy thing um shaheen is telling me something about the G Raver thing. Um, all right. I, I mean, I wish I could really like uh, read into this whole thing. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna play this show on Price Track because I've been wanting to play this shit for y'all anyway. And I'll uh, try to skim through this. I had a bunch to say about this shit anyway because I I'm all set with these fucking idiots. Um. But yeah, check out check out this track, man. This fucking album's crazy. And on the cool check-in, check-in the stage on the mic, the mic, and we putting it on wax, 
I hope Marcus Crane never wrestles again. Maybe he doesn't want to hear that. But the fact that this guy went through this terrible fucking situation, had to have part of his fucking skull removed in order to stop the bleeding and swelling on his brain uh, to, to, to get through and then have to learn to write his name again and all this other shit, man. He posted a picture today. The scar goes from the front of his head to the back of his fucking head. The fact that this guy, you know, there was, there was a point where posts were being made by the family that wasn't so sure that he was just going to pull through this. I'd like to see this fucking guy live a long fucking happy life. If he likes the sound of that, not being a wrestler or not, that's what I want. And he can do what the fuck he wants to do. But the last thing I want to see this guy do is go back into the shit. You know, now, now this guy got a piece of his skull loosened because they had to fucking take that shit out and then put it back in. I'm pretty sure it's not going to be great for taking chair shots anymore. You know, I want to see this fucking guy safe because I think he's a good guy. And that's the same reason why I donated to his GoFundMe where most of these assholes, I tell them to go fuck themselves. But I think this guy had a near-death experience. I like the fact that he's gotten through it. I think his fucking, look, he wrestled Jun Kasai. I just, there, there's nothing more you could do there. Uh, what else are you going to do? So that's, that's me. But these asshole fans will go, dude, you just fucking can't wait. I hope you get back in there. We fucking, I just want to see another match. It's just like you're assholes. You're not out for these guys' fucking health. You want them to bleed the, the worst they fucking can. That, that's your whole level of entertainment is you want them to bleed. You know, bleeding is not a good thing. We learned that as a kid that, oh my God, you're bleeding. So when it becomes like, Oh, I can't wait. I hope you bleed tons. Like you're not really looking for their best interest. I understand the the balance of entertainment and this and that, but this is what Cornette is seeing and going, these fucking idiots, if they were lucky, they could get to just watch the guy die because that's what they're into. And it's not a far stretch. It's not a far stretch. That's obviously an exaggeration and it's like a sarcastic fucking who gives a fuck type thing because he's not invested in this. He doesn't give a fuck about that type of wrestling. And again, backtrack to when he had the battle fucking Ian and Ian was getting buildings fucking shut down and and stuff like that because of what Ian was doing was making the towns go, we don't want wrestling here. Oh, you, no, you're, you're the guys who do the thing with the blood and whatever. And Cornette's like, no, 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 that's the other guy. And he's like, no, no, I'm not trying to hear it. Now you can't run in this town or in this building or that. And it affected him personally because what he dealt with. So he has a grudge against it. He doesn't like this type of wrestling. He doesn't see any value in it and stuff like that. And as I've said recently, when it becomes violence for the sake of violence and all this other horse shit, it doesn't have value. It really doesn't. When Raver got hurt, he had just got back from Japan like the day before some stupid shit like that. Went in there, fucking jet lag, this and that. Caught the fucking, the fucking laceration under the arm. Lucky he didn't fucking die. And now his fucking arm is fucked up forever, you know. And and you know, I guess the surgery I think was successful, and hopefully he'll be all right. Because again, I'm not wishing bad on the guy until maybe tonight. Because this is the shit to me that like. Yeah, you know how the society is turned into this fucking direction where, like, one guy will be like, ah, shut up, faggot. 
and then 12 fucking people will go, that guy's bullying, that's hate speech, he said that, let's get him removed from his job, let's burn down his house, let's do this, let's do that, that's bullying. Who's the bully now? You guys just grouped the fuck up, and you want to end this guy's life over a word that you didn't like. Call it as hurtful as you want, but how hurtful really was that word, or was that sentence that you didn't like hearing? So when you go on a six-month campaign of bashing and burying and making money off this guy's name and going on and on and on, well, who's the asshole now? So... The whole shit happened. They commissioned Shaheen for uh, art. Um, They altered the art, which is not legal, um, to add things to the art and stuff like that. It's it's not a legal thing. I mean, you're not supposed to do that at all. So to add fuck Cornette to the thing, you know, was was not authorized. They did that. That's what caused all the fucking hoopla. And, you know, Shaheen got a fucking website shut down. That cost them a bunch of money. Which was never reimbursed, was never fucking kicked back by G. Raver's camp. All these fucking people were a pro-Raver, Bill Molliner, all of these other fucking idiots. None of them were like, hey, Shaheen, I heard some shit happened to your thing. We got you. We're in this together. Nobody was in it together when Shaheen was losing shit. So then it turns around like, yeah, yeah, we're in it together. We're in it together because, like, fuck Cornette. That's the only together we there is. Like I said from the start. Cornette didn't fucking hurt G. Raver. You guys know that, right? Like, he didn't fucking actually injure G. Raver. You guys act like he hit him with his fucking car, and that's the reason why this whole thing... He said a fucking sentence you didn't like, and you motherfuckers still haven't shut up. You know? What the fuck? And he just today... I see another fucking shirt, and that's why I'm just like, I was just like done. I was like, all right, I, I gotta get this motherfucker off of every fucking bit of social media that, that he's, um... He's on, like, because I don't, I don't want any fucking thing to do with this dude. I don't respect him anymore. He can go fuck himself, and you know, go jump off a fucking other ladder and land on some sharp shit, and then make shirts to say "fuck me" because I don't give a fuck at this point. I don't give a fuck if you get hurt. I don't care if both your arms don't fucking work because you're an asshole. When it comes down to you're fucking, you're making shirts a cornet's a clownet. So now you took Shaheen's art. Had it re-edited some more, and now Cornette's a clown. How many fucking months ago was this? You guys are going on and on about someone who made a comment about you like six fucking months ago. Uh, approximately. I don't know how long, because I'm not keeping track like you guys are. But fucking like six months ago, and you're still like, fucking clownette. Dude, who's the fucking clown in this situation? As far as I'm concerned, you're the fucking clowns. You guys are are fucking obsessed with fuck Cornette. Fuck him. Fuck that motherfucker. What the fuck did he do? He just doesn't like you. He doesn't doesn't approve of what you're up to. I don't fucking like you now. So go on a fuck J-Cat. You can go buy front tickets for fucking the Teddy Hart thing and get shiny fucking asshole pants and, and support Teddy. You know? You can hold his unneutered cat's balls. While I knock this asshole out. I mean, you know, let's get this shit going. You'll just be more people in the Teddy's corner. It's fine, but this is the thing. It's like, I again, it all started with me going, hey, man, that sucks that he got hurt. You know, like, I, I don't want to see people get hurt like that, even though he's doing some stupid shit, fucking reckless stuff. 
hey man, that that fucking sucks, man. I hope you heal up soon. You know, really, like, how you doing? You know, you doing all right? Like, fuck, did, you know, what did the doctors say? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Like, dude, like, he was always a nice guy to me. Very, very talented wrestler beyond even death matches. He was one of the best technical death match guys as far as I was concerned. Very good, like, you know, lucha slash death match kind of guy. And didn't want to see that shit happen to him. And when Cornette said what he said, I got it, where a lot of other people took uh, tremendous offense, was like, he's wishing death on him. Like, I don't really think that's fully what he's doing. He'll clearly say, I don't give a fuck if he dies or not. But I say that all the time. I don't give a fuck if motherfucker dies or not. What, what am I supposed to run around worrying? I hope everybody stays alive. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about you. So what? What? what is that? that? That's that offensive that some fucking guy you've never really met before doesn't give a fuck if you die? There's a lot of people that don't give a fuck if you die because they don't even know you. They don't have. They don't know you to give a fuck whether you die or not. Every single person who's not into deathmatch wrestling that hears some fucking guy who jumps in the glass, da 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 da, they'd be like, "Hmm, fuck, that's that's stupid. Why would he do that?" In in essence, they don't give a fuck if you die either. I mean, they might go, "Hey, well, I mean, I hope he's all right," but they're not too invested in your well-being. To be honest with you, you're not too interested in your well-being. But as soon as somebody else says it in plain English, I'm so offended, I'll never shut up about this. Shut the fuck up. It's just, it's, you're a clown. You're a clown. And and, and I, like I said, when he started calling him Grover, I said, I'm offended by that shit because I you, don't drag Grover into this. Grover's got way thicker skin than fucking G-Raver. Grover used to fall out of the fucking sky all the time as Super Grover. He kept putting that fucking helmet on and getting the fuck back up there. You know, never had the coordination to land that fucking shit. Kept going up, though. You know what I mean? Oscar never gave a fuck about Grover falling. He didn't go on any tirades about Oscar. You know what I mean? He could have went on six-month tirades of, fuck Oscar. Motherfucking Oscar. You know, like, he didn't give a shit. Oscar is, look, look up, he's a stupid motherfucker. Look at him, look at him, swallowed excellent. He's lucky he didn't hit my fucking trash can. God damn it. Scram, you know? Um, but you know, that's why I don't, you know, Grover knew near from far. G Raver don't know near from far because he's stretching far as hell for this fucking shit. And he thinks it's the most important thing in the world. I heard way more about fucking Cornette in the past fucking six months out of G Raver than I have his recovery. How he's doing. Is he tattooing again? Does he plan on tattooing again? How soon is that? What's the window? Has, has it has it been going? Like has he been getting by? Like ha, you know, ha, th- this is stuff that they should be more interested in. They should be way more interested in what's going on, what's what's happening next, what's this, what's that. Instead, it's fuck Cornette all day, every day. MDK, MDK, fucking jerk offs, just fucking jerk offs through and through. So fuck these people because like I you know I I've gone on a like a pretty regular like stance on like yeah I need to get this wrestling shit out of my life because there's a small part of it that entertains me and the rest of it is just bottom feeding low life scumbags that live a way way shittier fucking trash life that I'm not interested in I'm not impressed by it I don't look up to any of these fucking people you know what I mean. There's some good guys that I've met within it, and I like those people. 
And who knows? Over time, none of these motherfuckers are going to like me because they'll just be like, yo, he's talking about my friend. Uh, well, well, what can I tell you? Your friend's an asshole, you know? I mean, sometimes your friends would fucking jerk off asshole faces, and then I just got to call them that because it's, it's what I'm seeing. Not because I woke up this morning and was like, man, all right, I got to go in. I got to check on this cat. I got to do this and that. I got to medicate this cat. I hope this cat ate overnight because I gave him an appetite stimulant yesterday. Started to force feed him. I gave him a little bit of fluids. Oh, wait, hold on. Um, which wrestler am I going to say go fuck to yourself to today? Like that, that's not my fucking thought process. These people keep presenting themselves because I'm friends with these people on Facebook. You know, when I go on fucking break and I scroll down and it's like, Oh, this fucking guy still with this cornet shit. What the fuck, man? What, are these people retarded? Like what's, what's going on? I, I just don't understand. I, you know, it's like you swear cornet fucking put all their fucking, Presents in a fucking bag, tied fucking antlers to his dog, and fucking <laughs> stood at the top of the hill. I was like, these fucking guys, like, I, I don't get it, and I refuse to even try because they're too obsessed with it, and it's fucking irritating. It's just annoying dickhead shit. Like, grow the fuck up. Like, at what point in your life are you going to act like a fucking adult that lets something roll off their fucking back? That has a little bit of a thick skin. This isn't about, I'm not backing down to them. Who the fuck is even standing there waiting for you? Do you know the amount of fucking time that Cornette must even think about you in your, his regular day, right, everyday life? I, I'd say he probably thinks about coffee far more minutes in his life than he thinks about you. And I don't even know if he drinks coffee. And if he doesn't, he probably still thinks about coffee more so than he thinks about fucking G raver. It's just so fucking irritating. And you guys have forced them to think about you because you're like, no, and another thing, and we made another shirt and another shirt. Who is running around with these fucking dickhead shirts on? It's just, it's unbelievable. But anyway, um, so, you know, they turned on Shaheen because Shaheen fucking, um, you know, owned the fucking art and, they they put him out there, and um, they you know they 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 pretty much you know again it was like with us or against us and they, you know and then when his shit got shut down he didn't get anything back for that at some point or another um, Cornette took the fucking graphic and hit Shaheen up like yeah let me let me hit you with something for that because like you know it's your art and this and that and I want to make sure I do it the legitimate way they didn't do it the legitimate way using my namesake. But let me do it the legitimate way. I respect your art. Hey, man, I don't agree with these fucking people and they're doing all of this stuff. Let me fucking do it the legitimate way. And they fucking paid Shaheen for a graphic that was already paid for by somebody else who paid them less than fucking Cornette did in the beginning, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things. But again, oh, you sold out. You sold dude. If Shaheen's money revolved around what G Raver and, and, and these fucking people gave him. What level of fucking baked beans do you think he would need to live off of? What brand of baked beans do you recommend that Shaheen live off of under a fucking bridge with uh, several pugs? Because that that would be his fucking life if he survived off of the fucking $50, $70 fucking commission fee that some asshole who's going to make way more trouble in his life than it's fucking worth is going to fucking give him. So, so... 
how how exactly does his fucking week go based on independent wrestler deathmatch jerk-off loyalty? Please explain that shit to me because it doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Actually, don't explain that to me at all because I don't want to fucking talk to you people. Explain that to to your fucking asshole friends. And, you know, high-five each other with your dick hand because you've been playing with it half the fucking day and then just keep fucking sharing dick hands with each other. You know, fucking high-five up top. You know? You got you just fucking assholes. And this is the type of shit that makes me want to get miles and fucking miles and miles and miles away from everything that is wrestling. This is just childish, utter horse shit that I don't even want to like that I even have to fucking think about it at all is absurd to me. So um that's my thoughts on that. Um let me see. I got like uh 30 minutes left on this fucking thing. Um so what I did want to talk about is let me see. How much time do I have? Okay. So let's 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 run down this uh Teddy recent Teddy videos real quick cuz I didn't even get into the any of the latest stuff. Um so uh they they did one called Inside the Mind of Teddy Hart where he's in the car with Jimmy Lloyd, who Jimmy Lloyd has to be partially brain dead. Like straight up. He's visibly dumb. You ever seen someone that was visibly dumb where they don't need to say a fucking word and you just go, oh, that person's not of, um, he's barely a functional in, intelligence. It's like, it's, it's surprising that he made it to here, wherever here is. Like if you're at the store, if you see them on the side of the road, you think like, how did they get out of the house and up the fucking street and cross several roads to get here? Because unless he lives like right over there in the brush line, like how did he get here? Sur- like successfully that, you know, that's like what I wonder about a person like Jimmy Lloyd. Now, Jimmy Lloyd sits in the passenger seat and he looks like one of those solar powered bobbleheads that you like, you stick on the dashboard, you know, during Christmas, they have like reindeer and Santas that'll like fucking wave their arm and like bob their head back and forth based on like the sun. And that's what he does. He's just like a big giant fat, deathmatch bobblehead that is just sitting in the passenger seat nodding like, yeah, I don't even know what the fuck he just said, but yeah, that's right. And, and Teddy's just babbling and babbling and babbling. Um, he, he, he enlightens us on several things. Uh, see, this is where Teddy Hart doesn't understand a lot of logic. Um, you know, the pictures where he was at NXT, apparently he was kicked out of NXT immediately. Um, there was three minutes left in the show when he showed up and got his fucking face into the crowd with a cat, with no paperwork, with no anything, walks into the building, three minutes left in the show, and if anybody doesn't know what that means, during the main event, with three minutes left in the fucking show, Teddy, look at me, jerk off, asshole face, goes and fucking stands in the crowd, and... Oh my God, they kicked me out immediately because that's what they're supposed to do. And then he goes, they asked me for uh, paperwork on the cat. And of course I don't have paperwork on the cat. So, okay, it's a support animal, according to you, put the paperwork somewhere else. 
oh, you have a prescription for marijuana, but your friend has it. It's my friend's. I, I don't have it. My friend has it. Uh, you know, it's like my friend's got one, but I don't know. And I don't even smoke. This is actually a cigar. Like, it's all such convoluted bullshit. So, like, all of that, like, if anybody thought, like, oh, Teddy's at NXT, he's about to be signed. Like, no, he's about to be fucking uh, issued a restraining order. <laughs> That's pretty much where he's at there. Um, he then um, details how he might have he might have motivated Samoa Joe to become what he has because he was around wrestling and then Samoa Joe was around wrestling and that Samoa Joe might have been motivated by him. And then he says um, that he never called himself a wrestler, but he did it for a hobby. Um, at some point or another, he just breaks in. He just breaks him into these random rhymes, and I don't know what he thinks is happening. I don't know what he thinks is going on, like what's being discovered. But he goes like, "A bed of nails on snails, guys." That was an actual line that he said. And he said it like he was trying to get a point across. You know, like a bed of nails on snails, guys. And like, stops for a second, like, you get it? No, I don't fucking get it, Teddy. I don't fucking get it. My 10-year-olds always make more sense than you do. There's times my 10-year-old girls will wake up in the middle of the night and like sleepwalk to the fucking bathroom. And you, you hear them up and you go, fuck is it? And they'll say some gibberish because they're barely awake. And what they say still makes more sense than every fucking thing that ever comes out of your mouth. That's that's the type of shit we're dealing with here. Um, here here's another thing he says. He says something about bail or jail, and then he goes, No, guys, that's not Christian bail, and not what I want to do in Christian Bale's fucking ass. He, that's that's what he that's what he said though. Like then he goes, like, I haven't trained legs in three years. He keeps telling us that. Like, that's a fucking accomplishment. You know who else hasn't trained legs in three years? Kamala. He's not proud of it either. You know? Um, he pours Skittles into his cup holder. Just, just eat them from there in his car. Just, just pours the fucking bag into the fucking cup holder. And they're just loose in the fucking cup holder. And Maria says some shit like, like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, you, that's gross. No, no, the car is clean. I mean, you just made it not clean for starters because you poured candy into the fucking thing. And that's, that, that now it's going to be sticky. Like, what the fuck is going on? Um, he says he trains Jimmy Lloyd in the gym and asked him if he's serious or not, or if he's just here to fuck around. This is the same guy who brought Jimmy Lloyd to the gym and bedazzled a hat going one mile an hour on the fucking treadmill. And he's asking Jimmy Lloyd, are you going to train or are you just going to fuck around? I, I'm still just trying to figure out if he thinks that we don't see parts of these videos or if he's unaware that they're filming or just what, what happens. And then he goes... At some point or another, he says something about his head, and he goes, not the head on my dick, the head on my chest. Um, he goes, uh, another time he goes, I'm the queen of excuses, and that's the king of potential. All right. Um, so then she made a slideshow for him for Christmas. And 
It's this ridiculously delusional nonsense about she's never felt alive until she was with this fucking maniac. This guy, like, his fucking car, his his everything looks ridiculous. Everything in his life, it looks ridiculous. So she made him this fucking slideshow, and then she did another video to show the reaction of him to this slideshow. But she had to continue to pause it every time there were words on it so he could stare at the screen like a mongoloid before crying. And I'm not sure if he was crying because of what the words said or because the illiteracy of a 40-year-old man was being displayed across the internet and that in itself was really fucking sad. Um, not really sure. I'm just not, I, I leave a lot of these videos with a lot of question marks and, and it's not like a, like a cliffhanger ending. Cause I don't know if we ever get the answers to these question, like the, the, how many licks of the Tootsie pop. That's kind of like how his brain works is like the world. We never know. Like, but again, like, um, in, in conclusion, I'd like to punch him in the fucking face. Um, so if anyone can, uh, get into this motherfucking guy's, uh, head and, uh, you know, maybe, uh, oh, I don't think I talked about this. Did I, um, the meet and greet, I don't know. Maybe I talked about this one. Maybe not. Cause it's been like 10. Yeah, probably not. Um, so they did like a meet and greet thing that they showed up late for. And, um, there was like 30 people maybe standing outside of like a comic book store that they were doing this meet and greet for. And they were late and you can tell that like the people had to stand outside in the cold cause the store was too fucking small. And the owner of the store was not about to let these fucking people stand in the store knowing that these fucking people weren't here on time. So for like their fans had to stand outside in the fucking cold because they weren't on time because like the fucking owner of the store wasn't even sure if they were going to show up at that point. So they're just outside in the fucking cold. These two were so fucking insanely baked, like so fucking high, like ridiculously high. Um, they fucking finally show up and they're like, Oh, bust the door down. We need to get in here now. And it's like, well, first off, asshole, they're out in the cold because of you. And the fact that they're there because of you to begin with, like, drive-by shootings couldn't have happened at a better time. Like, that would have been the perfect time for someone to just mow down the sidewalk with their fucking vehicle. Like, I, I don't, like, and, and just, like, and then do, like, a quick, like, like slow U-turn and make a second pass in case you missed anyone the first time. You know what I mean? Um what is funny is half the people weren't even there to see him at all and didn't like barely acknowledged him and were just there for Maria. Um, but um, they were insanely fucking high. As soon as he walks in there, he goes, oh, can I get some coffee? Can you get coffee for me? And, and he's just like shat, barking out orders like he was fucking there late as fuck. She gets inside, immediately asks, uh, she immediately says, the cat pissed on her ass in the car and has someone spraying perfume onto her asshole well, because the cat apparently pissed on her in the fucking vehicle. 
Um, yeah. It's nighttime. They're indoors. And she's got sunglasses on. And I, I think that's it's a pretty clear what what we're looking at here, you know? It's just it's unfucking believable that they're fans that feel the way that they feel about these fucking two jerk offs, especially him. And like you read the comments on the fucking the, the, the slideshow jerk off video that that she made for him. And it it's just like you guys are my inspiration. And, like, uh, you're such a beautiful couple, and I'm so happy that you guys are happy together. It's like, this is the first video you've watched of them? Or do you really see everything that they're up to and go, this is beautiful? I like the part where, um, you know, she's high and he's high, and then they're lying about it being weed. And they're driving in the fucking car while playing music on one phone and, and filming with the other. And, um, you know, I like the part where they're in the gym playing music and he's fucking doing handstands with glitter in his hair. Um, you know, so the anyone that has like a, a gym on it, gym theme on it, which is like a complete disgrace to anybody's fucking training regiment. But you'll see in the comments. You've motivate me, motivated me to gut and shape and go to the gym. How? How did that happen? Based on what? Because they just showed you some shit that you never thought existed in the gym. You're like, oh, I didn't know I could just go to the gym and play fucking music and talk throughout the video. And this consists, this, this qualifies as like, I've gone hard in the gym. Like, yeah, I'm training just as hard as Teddy Hart is. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like... Minus the handstand, I can't pull that shit off, but, oh, yeah, like, I, I'm fucking crushing it. Like, I did, did what Teddy did. I did one set of what Maria did, and, and then I called it a day and just went, oh, she's a beast. Look at this one. She's so strong. Oh, yeah. You you, you don't understand. You She's so strong. Look at her go, guys. 22 years old, fucking beast. She's, look, oh, look at her legs. is doing something to my penis right now. Oh, my God. You know, this this is his training regimen. So, like, Jerichoffs look at it, and they're like, oh, I can fucking do that. I'm going to go crush it in the gym today, too. You know? And that's not that's not it. That That's not what they're doing there. Um, they, it, It's just just the behavior of assholes. And um, that's, you know. So, I think that's about all I got uh, with this whole fucking thing. Um. Shout out to the wrestling soup again. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I just, you know, I went on fucking break today and I scrolled down my Facebook and I, all of a sudden I see Jay Cavers, Teddy Hart as like a, sh- like a show title. And I was like, oh, but fuck, I, you know, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know like they, they were going into that. That That's awesome. Um, and then I was trying to get it and everything like that. And, you know, again, no disrespect to these guys. Um, they do a phenomenal job, and they've created, like, an empire over there. Um, they, you know, live fucking show in, in Florida and, and you know, 10-year anniversary. They did the one in New York last year, WrestleMania weekend. And, and they, they've really fucking busted their ass and earned what they've gotten. Um, you know, just to clarify on my end and, like, why, like, like I, I'm never going to pay for a wrestling podcast. I just got to put that out there. I'm just, it's just not going to happen. I don't pay for like the comedy podcast I listen to, and I'm so detached that like I'll listen to I, the Wrestling Soup does fucking three, four episodes 
you know, I'll see pop up throughout the week and they'll do reviews on the, the pay-per-views and they'll do one of these and one of this. I probably listen to one out of four, you know, and that's, that's not because, you know, I have any issues, but like I just wrestling talk in general just doesn't do it for me. I, um, I, you know, I listen to Bill Burr pretty regularly. I've been listening to Artie's halfway house. I listen to the Stern show on demand on my, um, serious app. I, um, uh, I just started listening to, uh, your mom's house, which was suggested by, um, Sozio. And, um, because, uh, I didn't, I didn't even know fucking Segura had a podcast, but Tom Segura and his wife, Christina P, um, they have a podcast and it's, it's really fucking funny. I listen to, um, Chip Chipperson podcast. Um, occasionally Corolla, Corolla's kind of burn me out, um, at times. So I take breaks from him. And then when I come back to him, I'm happy, you know, to hear him again because, um, I do like him, but now I kind of pick and choose which episodes I listen to the church of what's happening now with Joey Diaz. Um, um, I listen to trying to go down this, this list real quick. But, you know, occasionally I'll pop into a couple different shows and stuff like that. Like, I, you know, I'll check this and check that. But, like, wrestling podcasts are on the low end of what I actually listen to. So even, like, the absolute best out there, like your wrestling soups, uh, like, I just don't listen to them enough. So there's just not a chance that I'm going to pay for extra content when I'm not even I'm not even listening to all the free content. You know what I mean? So that's not to say that you know, what they're doing isn't worth your money. If you're into their stuff, by all means, their Patreon is 100% worth it. And, and, you know, you're invested in what they're doing weekly, which, you know, again, they have a huge following for a reason because they've earned that. And they do have people that want to hear what they have to say about Raw every week and about uh, AEW and the, the different things that, that are going on there. And they, they offer up a lot of content. But it's just not a thing that I'm going to do. So I, I wasn't aware that it was like a, you know, Patreon exclusive type thing. So I was like, you know, what the fuck? I just want to listen to it. So um, Mish was nice enough to shoot a link out there that I guess maybe it was like a temporary thing. Because um, I, I listened to the part, you know, about me and Teddy and all that shit. And, you know, very much enjoyed it, like I said. So um, there there was that. Um, but, yeah, check them out. Um, check out... Um, my man Jeremy over there. I got you five stars. He's fucking covering all the up and coming stuff out there, and uh, I'm sure he's got a lot of wrestling shows coming up too. Because um, you know we're around that corner towards the WrestleMania weekend, and these indie companies really turn it up and start to make themselves known. Uh, really put on some big cards. That ICW show uh, in January is like the only wrestling anything that I'm even looking forward to. So I'm hoping they don't fuck that up because. Yeah, you know, again, I just I don't have a lot. Um, it's just it's just not for me anymore. Um, check out uh, False Count Radio with Andrew Carluck. Um, what am I missing? Oh, check out Struggling with Sozio. Sozio fucking was rougher on Christmas, on on the holiday Christmas, than he was on Cage of Death. Like, look, you know, I understand. I I understand a lot of the stuff he was saying and all this, but like, come on. You you were fucking kinder to fucking Cage of Death than you were at Christmas. You know? I went to a great adventure to Holiday Lights thing over there. Fucking beautiful, man. I, I love that fucking event. And um, the the show that they put on is just fantastic. They do, you know, all sorts of magic shit, death-defying shit, or, you know, I guess that's what you call it, right? 
I mean, the motherfuckers balancing on wobbly shit. Death defying. I mean, maybe injury defying. Uh, dangerous, risky. I don't know what to tell you. But uh, just just a very entertaining show, top to bottom. They put on like a 20-minute show, and it's just fucking crazy. They just keep wheeling out acts and shit. And um, just really, really good stuff. Um, I enjoy that shit. Um, so we went to that. Um, trying to think of what else. The fucking the Niners Seahawks game tomorrow. Let me tell you something. I am so goddamn excited. I don't know if there's gonna be enough room in my fucking house for my excitement. Like I, the roof might just come flying off of my fucking house sometime during that game. Um, my nerves are like fucking already shot, and the game didn't even start yet. I thought I was gonna have a heart attack the last fucking game. We went into overtime. I can't. They can't go into fucking overtime again. Unless we're losing, and then we can come back, go to overtime, it's fine. But I, I don't know if I can handle overtime again. So, like, if if you see us in overtime, you know, I mean, maybe just, like, shoot, you know, like, a, you know, fucking condolences, because I probably passed away, you know what I mean? So, um, but I, I could not be more excited for my Niners. And what I'm watching this year with them is is the pinnacle of my fucking entertainment. This This is everything to me. You know, my team has been not good for a minute now. And and we have such a dominant team. And, and a team that's won, you know, our our handful of weeks we've had hasn't been dominant. But we've been competitive every week. There hasn't been a flat-out better-than-us team. We've taken three losses. All of them came in the last 10 seconds of the game. So you got to understand that, like, uh, I'm very confident about my team. I'm not just going to put us all where we're winning the Super Bowl. Of course, dude, it would be the fucking greatest thing in the world for me. But um, just to be in the conversation and to be one of the teams that's favored to be there, it's just incredible. And every week is just a fucking thrill ride for me. Um, we go into Seattle, and uh, if we win this game, we're the number one seed. We get the first round by. We get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. We lose this fucking game. We go to the five seed, and we most likely go to Philly and play the fucking shithead Eagles. And as much as that would be nice to beat the shit out of the Eagles, I don't want to have to play week one. I want home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Playoffs. We're talking about playoffs. Um, but so, yeah, man, um, that's that's that. Um, last thing I wanted to share is um, Christmas wasn't – fucking fantastic for me yeah everything went good with my kids and everything i went to work did my thing with uh i set up a a box of presents uh or a stack of presents i should say uh the bottom box i cut like a a square a couple squares in the big bottom box uh and then wrap it well i need to wrap it because i can't wrap um so like most of these fucking mumble wrappers and shit like i'm I'm like, when it comes to Christmas presents, I'm a mumble rapper. You know what I mean? Like that's my rapping ability as far as presents go is like little Yachty, you know? Um, so Nina wraps the presents and, you know, I pre-cut holes in the box. So all you'd have to do is rip through the paper and there'd be holes in there. So the bottom box I make big enough to fit. I have a big round wet food bowl that I put like six cans of wet food in. So I put that in the bottom, the next box up, it's got a ton of catnip and cat toys in there. Same kind of deal. 
the I've done a third level that had holes in it. This year I just did two smaller boxes that were just kind of there for show with some um, ribbon up top to attract them up there, sprinkled a little catnip on the outside of the whole boxes, and that was the whole thing. I bring it into my roaming area. You can see the videos online, and uh, the cats fucking love it, and it's like a big um, tradition for me. I couldn't find that word. So, um, yeah, they enjoyed that same deal as, as I've been doing for years. Um, got home and I bought a flock block for my girls, my, my chickens. It's like this big giant fucking block of food treat kind of thing. You know, there's a bunch of corn and seed and all sorts of different things in there. That's great for chickens. So I bought that for, um, Christmas for them. And I've been holding it for a few days, just waiting for that day. Um, my main hen in there, Diana, um, she, she's the staple of that pen. You can see all my videos. She's highlighted in every one of them because she'd have it no other way. She was a big focal part of that. I had those videos of her jumping up in the air in slow motion and grabbing the grapes out of the air. She'd be pecking at the camera every time I was in there filming something. She was the quickest thing. She was like a little velociraptor. You'd go in there with snacks, and she'd sprint from one to the next. You'd throw one, she'd go grab that one. By the time you'd throw in another one, she was heading in that direction, too. She was unstoppable, the most personable fucking bird ever. And um, every time I bought snacks, the first thing I thought about was her. Because she was so about that shit. She was about every bit of that. You know, and... So obviously buying the flock block, the first thing I think is I, I, I already know who's meeting me at that fucking gate. They're all going to be there, but she's going to be first in fucking line. And as we walked in there, my, my twins walked in there first and told me Diana's on the ground. And as soon as I went in there, I saw her dead. Absolutely devastating. Uh, out of nowhere. Uh, saw her the day before she looked great two days before that uh, or three days before that on Sunday I just filmed that video that I I gave a rundown to my my whole flock and everything I had 13 chickens two ducks five pigeons um, now losing her I have 12 chickens and um, it's it's just it's it's such a terrible loss because it came out of nowhere She's the last one that I ever would have thought would have dropped at all because, I mean, again, she shot out of a cannon at all times. So it wouldn't have been one of the ones that were like a little more shy to the back that maybe you wouldn't have caught the decline as quick. It was the one that was sprinting around right in front of you right away, and you would have never in a million years thought that she would be the one to, to go so suddenly. And they're they're all young birds, um, except for the... The two that I have, I really don't know their ages because they came as rescues that were turned into the, the zoo. And um, uh, that's Rocket and um, Echo. I really don't know their, much of their ages. But, um, you know, the, the one group, including Diana, came from an egg farmer. were supposed to be either six months or a year. Um, and then, but Diana, Diana seemed like she was a little bit more of a pet because the first time I went, which was like a week prior, uh, he said she wasn't for sale. And the next week when I went, I said, you know, what about the white one? And um, she's a Delaware chicken. And uh, he turned and asked his daughter, can I sell her? And she's like, 
Yeah, it's all right. And he sold her to me. But again, like she seemed like a little bit more of a pet. So maybe she was a year or two older. But it's still like they're supposed to live over 10. You know, they should live 10 to 15 years type thing. So even if she was three, dude, that's not that's not nearly acceptable to me. So it it happens. It's a freak thing. And, you know, sometimes their organs just give a heart attack or whatever the case is like anything else. Um, I treated, I'm treating my whole flock now for coccidia just as a precaution because it's one of the only other things that could really take them suddenly like that. And unless you're able to monitor every one of their stools and again with, you know, 13 birds, uh, well, plus the two ducks, plus the pigeons, I mean, any one of them could carry it. Um, that could that could prove to be deadly at some point or another. And I've seen no signs of anything like that, but just because that's a, that's a possibility I'm treating the entire flock, which is like a two to three week treatment. So I'm fucking, I'm already treating them. You know, I got the medication and I'm just fucking treating the entire flock because God forbid it's something that could take more of my birds. I'm, I'm preventing that shit right now. Um, most likely it was just a freak thing and, you know, like I said, an organ failure or something that took her, but you know, any, any chance I have to prevent something bad from happening to my animals, I'll do so. You know, again, why it further makes me sick to see motherfuckers that take such reckless abandon for their animals and put them in such harm's way and then try to turn around and justify it as if people like me don't know anything. So fuck Teddy and all these other fucking people would feel that way. But yeah, so, I mean, that was, that was a rough go, you know, especially on Christmas and, um, you know, so focusing on the rest of my flock and, um, trying to stay fucking real, real vigilant with them and, uh, just, just stay on top of them. My one, uh, Mimi, she's one that really, really hates to be handled. She kind of looks like a hawk. She has like impacted crop right now, which is um, sometimes they just don't um, digest fully. And it, it, they have like a crop, which is right around their chest. And it, the food goes there first and it kind of digests there before it goes to their stomach. And they, and um, you know, then pass it that way. And they eat grit, which is like, like rocks, like it's, it's granite pieces. So they're actually eating pieces of rocks, which stirs around in that crop and helps break everything down and then they they pass it that way um so for whatever reason and it's 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 a pretty common thing but she's got like a big solid it's like a fucking baseball at her chest so i locked her in a crate uh tonight um soaked some bread in um olive oil to help lubricate the um the crop and then she just gets just water the grit and the bread soaked in olive oil in there until she passes what she passes and then she could rejoin the flock and everything. But yeah, you know, staying vigilant and really on top of everybody and trying to make sure that, you know, I'm not losing any more of my girls out there. Cause uh, it's, it's brutal, you know, just really, really care about my animals. That's, uh, you know, something I, I could say with, with no, no hesitation. It, it's not a, it's not a gimmick for me. This isn't an accessory this is life, you know, I've found way more value in animals than I have people. People are um, very disingenuine and very unpredictable. 
where animals, if you learn them and you form a bond with them, they just, they're just not going to let you down. It's just not, it's just not a thing. You know what I mean? Like us, we're the worst animal on the fucking planet. We've made it harder for every animal out there to live and habit, cohabitate with us. You know, we continue to populate the planet to the point where there's no room for anything else. And then we start killing the other things because we say that they're overpopulated deer and bears and, and, you know, all of these things that we start to consider nuisances when we're the biggest nuisance out there. So, um, it is what it is, you know, but, uh, I think that's about all I got. Go fucking Niners. I'm going to just leave it at that. And, um, I'll check you motherfuckers out next week. Um, go get in Teddy's ass on fucking Twitter. You just just harass this motherfucker. Get, I want every one of my friends blocked by Teddy Hart. I don't know why I'm not blocked yet, but I, I got to try to lean on him. The other thing is, is just real quick, I've tried to be, like, a little bit low on it because I, like, you know, these jerk-offs on the internet, it's so easy to just... Um, it's so easy to misunderstand or misinterpret people who talk shit on the internet as just trolls or internet gangsters and shit like that. And, and I'm the furthest thing from that because I'll back my fucking words up. See, that's the thing too is why I wanted this to be a legit thing because I'm not, I'm not like fucking Deadpool. I'm not running around fucking fighting and trying to kill people that I don't like. Because I, first off. I don't have that type of time in my life because I don't like most of you motherfuckers on this planet. Um, and, and second off, it's just, it doesn't seem like it would line up well for my life with my children and my animals that I care for that rely on me. So that's why I'm taking this exception to say, you know what, let's, let's fucking set something up and let's get this going. But I don't want people to misunderstand that I'm some kind of fucking troll or I'm looking for attention. I don't go fuck about any of this shit. I just don't like the missing the misrepresentation of animal rescue more so than anything and, and, and the bullshit neglect and abuse he's continued to do. So fuck Teddy. Talk to y'all motherfuckers later. Peace. Thought I had the outro. What the fuck I do? What is it? Does. I said, didn't I tell your punk ass boy he couldn't have no goddamn cookie? Are you listening when I tell the faggot he couldn't have no? And I'm telling your short ass he can't have no goddamn milk cookie.